We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. I want to talk to you about the Israel-Hamas war with updates from what's going on over there. And, of course, the political impact here and in other uh, Western countries. So we have the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, have gone into the Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza. This is the largest hospital complex in all of Gaza, and it's also a place where thousands of people have gathered for shelter apart from medical care. Now, the IDF has gone in because they uh, have been able to ascertain that there is a tunnel network that Hamas is using under the hospital. So this is specifically, and this is right in line with Hamas tactics stretching back for decades, not just using civilians in general as human shields, but trying to use those, you know, infants who are in, you know, incubators and, and, uh, and, you know, elderly who have severe health issues who are in the hospital getting, or anybody who has a severe issue in the hospital. So they're hiding behind the wounded and tiny babies in this hospital. That is that is what Hamas is up to. Here is uh, John Kirby speaking for the uh, Biden administration, talking about what's going on here. Play 12. Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and to support their military operations and to hold hostages. Now, Clay, on the on the one hand, um, the IDF ground campaign is underway, and uh, they're going to methodically go through. and And Netanyahu has said that anyone who is in Hamas uh, and and was involved in the attack in any way, plotting it, planning it, supporting it, uh, will be uh, captured or killed. And that is the mission here: that Hamas can no longer coexist alongside the state of Israel. 
But in the West, you still see that there is this desire to create a false equivalency between these two sides in the reporting. Here is the BBC, which has been, which is and has been among the most pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas major news entities on, on the planet. The BBC is really left-wing on this, on a range of issues, but on this issue for sure. And, uh, they're apologizing here for claiming that the IDF was targeting medical staff. Play 13. And now uh, an apology from the BBC. A BBC News, uh, as it covered uh, initial reports that Israeli forces has entered Gaza's main hospital. We said that medical teams and Arab speakers were being targeted. This was incorrect and misquoted a Reuters report. We should have said IDF forces included medical teams and Arabic speakers for this operation. So we apologize for this error, which fell below our usual editorial standards. The correct version of events was broadcast minutes later kind of, but see this is not a minor thing right Let, let's let's take a look at this the bbc state supported media in the uk there's they went from israel went in there targeting meaning killing that's what that means or or arresting you know with uh, with military force mil, uh, medical personnel and anyone who speaks arabic to actually is play israel showed up with additional medical personnel alongside the idf to help support medical operations inside this hospital. They're even discussing ways that they can move, for example, uh, babies. I mentioned babies who are in the, you know, incubators, um, to hospitals either in Egypt or in Israel. And they brought Arabic speakers, which Israel has many of, um, and the IDF has many of, so that they could communicate effectively with everyone inside to let them know, we're not here to harm you. We're actually here to help. We're only here to look for Hamas leadership and we'll do what we can to make, not only make, make sure that you are, you are safe, but that you get better medical treatment than you would have, uh, if we were not here with our resources. It feels like, I mean, for the BBC, the BBC went from, uh, Israel was targeting doctors to Israel was providing doctors. That's a pretty big difference. It's a huge difference, and what I would point to is this comes on the heels of everyone uniformly accepting what Palestine said about a hospital being destroyed, which you later found out was actually a parking lot, and when Palestine said over 500 innocent people died, it actually ended up maybe being a handful. If you knew that you had already failed by accepting the Palestinian side of a story as truth, wouldn't you be even more likely to exercise safeguards going forward so that this did not happen again? I would. And it points to something that I've been hammering for a long time, which is if you always err in the same way, it isn't a sign of journalistic failure or of negligence. It's the intent. And the example I've used for all of you out there is how many times the Washington Post get a Donald Trump story that was favorable to him wrong? And I would always, it's, it's always fun to just point out, like, let's pretend that Donald Trump saved a, uh, a bag full of kittens that somebody tried to throw off the bridge in Washington DC from, uh, being drowned. He was out playing golf. He had a ball near the, the water. Somebody threw a bag of kittens. He found the bag of kittens and he saved them. Oh, that's a super positive story about Trump. And then it ends up being not true. 
Can you think, Buck, of any story that the Washington Post or the New York Times have had about Donald Trump that they've had to retract that put him in too favorable of a light? No, never. It was too positive. Never happens. No, well, have they? Because they, they had the they, intent. It, well, it's, it, I think it started out for a lot of people thinking they get these stories wrong, and this certainly applies to Israel-Hamas conflict. They get it wrong in good faith, and that's just because they're trying to be so, so even-handed that they'll, you know, if, if the Hamas, you know, medical authority says that, you know, 50,000 people have died, I think they say 11,000 people have died so far, but whatever the number is, we should just report it, uh, and, and act like it's likely to be true. But, the odds are, or rather, if you look at this numerically, at some point there would have to be a story that went, as, as you pointed out with the Trump thing, in the in the other direction in terms of political damage, right? If it, it would were be, just it would be, errant reporting, then there would be errors in both directions. And, and and I also feel like whenever Israel reports something, there tends to be a, a there, there's a specificity for some of these news networks of like, well, this is the Israeli government saying it, and those be like, oh my gosh, but all these casualties that are mostly children in Gaza, it's just only only like women and children being killed in Gaza. According to Hamas. Um, but what you also, I think, recognize, Clay, with all this is that a lot of times there, there will be reporting because there's a pretext to do damage to the other side. And even if you know it's likely to be false, you want to get the story out there. And that's what you saw with Trump for years. And that's what yeah. you see with some of these news networks with Israel as well. Oh, it's unlikely that this is going to be true. In the New York Times. 500 people? Israel killed 500 people in one missile strike by accident? That would be a massive story. It is highly unlikely to be true, but it was a way of immediately creating the perception that Israel is being reckless and wanton in its destruction and killing civilians before it even really began the campaign yes. in, a, in a meaningful way in Israel, right? So you... You get to push the perception, and then the you see this also with uh, uh you see it more, but on Twitter, right? Somebody would say something defamatory about a Republican, fifty thousand retweets, and then you'd go to their replies, and they'd say, "Oh, actually, that was totally untrue." <laughs> Twenty retweets, <laughs> yeah, and you realize that the damage was done, and they're happy that they did it, and the fact that they were wrong doesn't matter to them. That is how the pro-Hamas media in the West reports on this conflict. Yeah, and, and by the way, you're out there, you may be saying, okay, that's BBC. Well, the New York Times had to apologize for the hospital strike, believing Palestine without actually doing due diligence. This just happened, positive. 290,000 people showed up in Washington, D.C. to rally in defense of Israel and in defense of Israel's ability to defend itself. That's a very positive story. The Washington Post didn't cover it. As a national story, Buck. Did you see this? They buried it on the Metro section as a local news story. 290,000 people in Washington, D.C. They filled the National Mall to support Israel. I would mention, by the way, a 100% peaceful protest. None of this trying to tear down American flags or kick in doors or attack uh, police officers like we've seen at so many of the pro-Palestine and pro-Hamas rallies that have taken place all over this country. 290,000 people show up, suppre- uh, express support for Israel, and there is absolutely zero negativity associated with it at all. Washington Post doesn't cover it as a major news story. Seems like kind of a big story, Buck. 
Instead, they bury it in the metro section of the Washington Post. They had a meeting. When bias always occurs, uh, news coverage bias always occurs in one direction. When errors always occur in one direction, you have a clear problem in the way that you are reporting the news. And an honest news organization would recognize those blind spots if they were intent on trying to keep the car between the lines, right? If they were just trying to call balls and strikes to use a sports metaphor and they knew that they were consistently failing, they would try to address it. Instead, they... And you have to remember that on this issue of the, of the Arab-Israeli conflict or, you know, Middle East peace, the Israeli... Palestinian issue, uh, people in newsrooms that have been there for a while, they've been dug in on this in some cases for decades. And so there are a lot of people who work at the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, who have been Palestinian sympathizers and, 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 and therefore very critical of quick to jump on, quick to criticize and unfair toward Israel for so many years. Now they're faced with this difficult reality of Hamas has just blown through all the lines here. Hamas has shown the world a barbarism and an evil that is unmistakable and, uh, and that has really separated these two sides with greater clarity, I think, than ever before. And so you have a lot of people who don't want to believe it, you know, who still are in denial about it. I'm talking about in the newsrooms. Yeah. Never mind the lunatics who are walking around pulling down, uh, posters of those Israelis and Americans who have been kidnapped by Hamas still to this day. And then people are calling for, for ceasefire and all this stuff. How how many days is Israel supposed to sit back and allow Hamas to hold all these captives? And God knows what they're doing to them. I mean, how, how many days is this supposed to continue on? I mean, we're coming up on two months. It's crazy to think about. I mean, they took these people hostage initially on October 7th. We're over halfway through uh, now, basically November. And... We still don't know where they are. I mean, and some of these people are babies. I, I mean, it, it, it's totally, absurdly ridiculous that we've even allowed this to become a conversation, in my opinion, that anyone with a functional brain would be arguing in favor of a ceasefire. Uh, but that's where we are. And I think we'll talk about this. Uh, we need to update people on that uh, Las Vegas story, which uh, we talked about yesterday. Give them the absolute latest on this 17-year-old kid uh, who was beaten to death in a high school by a mob of 15 other students. Uh, we'll give you an update on that. But I think what you're seeing is stories so often now are percolating up that violate the existing narrative. And when the worldview is challenged, instead of reassessing, they uh, pretend that they aren't occurring or they argue that they try to shift the story from, oh, the Hamas terror attack to let's advocate for a ceasefire. Uh, online identity theft, one of the most unusual crimes to deal with. If you're a victim, you're the one left to piece your life back together again with zero hope of finding the cyber thief. Having LifeLock's online identity theft protection is your best solution. They help millions of Americans every day by looking after their online identity using sophisticated online monitoring systems. Specifically, LifeLock watches to see if your name and info suddenly showing up with new account openings or if your info is being used to make a dozen purchases in less than an hour without your permission. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Having LifeLock is the key here. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. 
Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as the promo code. You can call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use that promo code Clay for 25% off. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. A lot of different topics to uh, to dive into, but I wanted to mention this to all of you. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. There was a 17-year-old kid beaten to death on video by a mob at his Las Vegas area school. This, I believe, Buck, happened on November the 1st. And yesterday, we said it's been two weeks, and there had been no charges at all brought. We brought the story to you. We wanted to update you. Uh, this just happened uh, yesterday or early this morning. Eight high school students in Las Vegas between the ages of 13 and 17 have been arrested on murder charges uh, in the fatal beating of a 17-year-old classmate. This was at a Tuesday evening news conference. Uh, and I'm reading from the article here at CBS News. Las Vegas Police Homicide Lieutenant Jason Johansson said investigators were still working to identify two more students believed to have participated in the November 1st fight that uh, he said was over a pair of wireless headphones. Um, they said the local FBI office had been involved, and the additional two students will also face murder charges, bringing to 10 the number of people who will be charged in this case. The 17-year-old uh, victim, Jonathan Lewis Jr., uh, died a week after the fight. They have ruled the beating a homicide. Uh, the social media video, uh, described as extremely disturbing by the police officer, said it was that video that allowed investigators to identify the suspects. Here's a quote from him. Many of you and many people in the community have seen the violent video that is circulated throughout our community via social media. If you or your child or someone you knew has seen that violent video and recognized anybody that may have been a participant in this senseless crime, you need to get a hold of us. Uh, again, this is pretty crazy. It looks like 10 different kids are going to be charged with murder. That's the right result. Buck, again, for those of you who have not seen this video, it's a white kid beaten to death by a mob of black kids at a Las Vegas school. You said yesterday, and I 100% agree with you, if 10 white kids had beaten a black kid to death, every person in America would know it has happened and there would be cities burning. It took two weeks for them to identify anybody from a video, and I think only with media pressure has there actually been any charges so far brought. We'll see whether these kids are charged as adults with murder right, that's the or big, whether that's they the treat them as juveniles. Because yeah. if they're treated all as juveniles, some of them, uh, you know, clearly could be charged as, as adults, uh, based on, on their ages. So, um, we'll hopefully see justice actually done in some way in this. Cause no matter, you know, anyone, anyone should be able to know that what this did, uh, what these kids did here is just heinous. All right. Gun owners, you know the importance of staying familiar with your firearms and keeping your aim intact. When you can get to the range, you do so. But when you can't, there's still ways you can train. Dry fire practice. Now, how do you do that? Well, you got to get yourself a Mantis X. Mantis X is an all-electronic training device. So many well-trained gun owners now use this device to keep their shooting skills as good as they can. The Mantis X is a firearms training system that has no ammo and all-electronic lets you improve your shooting accuracy in the comfort of your own home. 
It simply attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. Then you uh, download the Mantis X app, and you get data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and your shooting skills. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. You want to start improving your shooting accuracy today? Get your Mantis X now. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Welcome back, everybody. Senator Ted Cruz is with us now from the great state of Texas. He's got a new book out, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Senator Cruz, great to have you back, sir. Clay, Buck, great to join you both. Thank you for having me. Can we start with this? I don't know if you've even had a chance to see it, Senator, because it just came out uh, recently, in the last few hours, I believe. Quinnipiac poll, first one that we have seen here where Trump is up two points nationally on Biden. We are seeing a lot of encouraging numbers in the swing states with a Trump or honestly even some other Republican candidates as well against Biden. Are, are you are you cautiously optimistic or are you worried people are seeing these numbers far too soon? Well, look, we're a year out, so the world can change dramatically in a year. But I, I will say this, the Biden record is a train wreck. Um, Biden came into office three years ago and he inherited peace and prosperity. And, and we now have inflation hammering working men and women. The cost of everything has skyrocketed. We have crime rates that are out of control. We have the worst illegal immigration in our nation's history. And, and we have two wars waging. We have the largest land war in Europe since World War II. We have the worst war in the Middle East in 50 years. All of that has happened under Biden's failed leadership. So I think the American people, a large majority, recognize we're on the wrong track. I think it is an enormous opportunity to change track. And I, I hope and pl- pray we do that. I'm committed to doing everything I can to fight to, to, to win the election in November. In my race, I'm running for reelection in Texas. And, and nationally, we've got to win the White House back. You've run several races in Texas. You've run national campaigns. What is the, what do the numbers look like in Texas right now for Trump? Because we've heard, and, and also for you, but we've heard a lot about Hispanic voters moving to the Republican camp. And certainly we saw that to a large extent down on the border in 2020 and 2022 both. Are you still seeing those trends in Texas based on the numbers you're seeing? Is the Hispanic movement towards Republicans continuing to grow based on the data you're seeing on the ground in Texas? So, yes, and and that part of the story is encouraging. Right now, Trump is leading in Texas. Right now, I'm leading in Texas. That being said, Texas is a battleground state. You're right that Hispanics are are, are trending right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we've seen nationally the two biggest demographic trends in the country have been blue-collar voters moving right. That's moved Midwestern states more Republican. But at the same time, suburban voters, particularly suburban women, moving left, and that's moved big suburban states more Democrat. You know, for Texas, for my reelect, we're anticipating a very serious fight in Texas. My last reelect six years ago was the most expensive Senate race in U.S. history. We were outspent three to one, and and I won by less than three points. I won by 2.6%. Chuck Schumer has made clear I'm his number one target in the country, and, and if you want to give a warning sign of why Texas is a battleground, look no further than Georgia and Arizona. Georgia and Arizona, four years ago, they had four Republican senators. Today, they have four Democrat senators. Both voted for Biden over Trump. And, and, and that challenge is the suburban women, Georgia, 
is dominated by suburban women around Atlanta. Arizona is dominated by suburban women around Phoenix. And, and in both instances, those voters threw out two Republican senators and elected two Democrat senators instead. That's why Schumer has put a bullseye on Texas, because our demographics are very, very similar to Georgia and Arizona. And so we're anticipating a real fight. We're going to win, but we're going to win because we're doing the hard work. We're raising the money. By the way, go to TedCruz.org, TedCruz.org, TedCruz.org. Support the campaign because we're working 18 hours a day to make sure we win next November. No doubt. And I wanted to build on that, too, because, you know, I live here in Tennessee, uh, Bucks in Florida. I would say Texas, Tennessee, and Florida have seen a monstrous amount of new residents coming in. And I'm sure yeah. you hear it all the time. You see, don't Texas my Cal or don't California my Texas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same thing happens, Tennessee and Florida. To what extent do you believe the new residents in Texas politically help or hurt you and Trump and anybody else who's, who's fighting for truth, justice in the American way in Texas? So look, it, it varies and they're cross cutting currents. There, there's some people. Who, who are in blue states, California or New York or Illinois, and they're fed up. They're fed up with the high taxes, the high regulations. They can't stand the woke policies. They can't, couldn't stand the COVID shutdowns. And they decide they want to leave. And they look across the country, and the folks that, that pick Texas, they decide, I want to be in Texas. The data show they're actually more conservative than the median Texas voter. They come to Texas. They buy a pickup truck and boots and a hat and a shotgun. And, and, and I call them refugees for freedom. I want those folks come to Texas and, and live free in our great state. The challenge in Texas is we also have a second group of, of folks coming in. And that is when a company moves to Texas and they, they're fleeing terrible economic policies, but they then transfer their employees. And those employees didn't make an affirmative decision, I want to be in Texas. They just see their job move. And they stick with their job. And I think the data shows those employees vote exactly like they did where they came from. And so, for example, you had a bunch of tech companies moving into Austin, Texas. That's great for economic growth, but they're bringing tech workers that are voting like blue state California Democrats. And, and how those two groups intersect, I think will say a lot about the impact on Texas or Tennessee. Tennessee has a lot of companies moving into it as well. So you've got yeah. both kinds as well. I think Florida in some ways is better off in that the people coming to Florida are predominantly category one, people fleeing, seeking freedom. So Florida's getting redder. But Texas and Tennessee, we got so many companies coming. In some ways, we're victims of our own success. Speaking of Senator Ted Cruz, he's got a new book out, Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Senator Cruz wanted to give you the opportunity to just tell us he wrote the book on this one. Uh, it feels like... The wokeness has been actually taking some losses, whether it's uh, the Bud Light phenomenon or some of these yep. box office bombs that were trying to be very, you know, ultra DEI based, etc. How do we win? How do we keep the momentum? Well, that that is exactly what the what the book is about. It just came out this past week, and and what the book does is two things. It number one describes how the radical left took over the major institutions in America. So so every chapter of the book addresses a different institution. I start with universities, and I, and, and chapter one is universities. I call universities the Wuhan lab of the woke virus. That's where it was created. That's where it mutated. That's where it spread. From universities, the book goes on to chapter two on K through 12 education, then to journalism, then to government, then to big business, then to big tech. 
then to entertainment, to, to movies and TV and sports and music, then to science and the politicization of science. And the last chapter is on China as a central nexus intertwined with all of them. The book explains, number one, how these institutions were seized, but number two, exactly what your question is, critically, it lays out a practical battle plan for how we take them back, how we recover these institutions, because if we don't take them back, we're going to lose our country. And you pointed to one of the examples that I describe at great length, which is big business, which, and I talk at length about Bud Light and Target. In both instances, you had woke executives who didn't give a damn what their customers said, and they, they essentially tried to force their political ideology on their customers, and it blew up in their faces. Both Bud Light and Target lost tens of billions of dollars in market cap. And, and what's powerful about that in terms of strategies, I argue, number one, for transparency and sunlight, but number two, for on the cost-benefit ledger of going woke, significantly increasing the costs so that rational actors will say no. And I think on big business, we are seeing real and meaningful victories. We need to see that across those institutions. Talking to Senator Ted Cruz, new book, encourage you to check it out. You ever think about challenging anybody to a fight during a Senate subcommittee hearing? <laughs> I, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick to the, to the verbal and argumentative sort and, 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 and whoa, probably, whoa, whoa. Hold, probably hold on, a, Senator a, a, Cruz, a, avoid fistfights. We saw we saw you uh, we saw you thrown down on the basketball court, sir. It's not it's not just the verbal pugilism for you. You you can box out. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, I, I will say you, you come play hoops with me and, and we I play twice a week and I'll tell you our game has as more violence than skill. But 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 we play no blood, no foul. And there are regularly fouls because we beat the living crap out of each other. Um, in fact, I had one of my staff members literally broke my thumb uh, playing hoops. I went up for a rebound. He came down hard. This guy named Tony from Brooklyn. He's a law clerk. Hell of a ball player. But he plays like. He play, plays like Tony from Brooklyn with, with, you know, a gold chain and he's like ready to rumble. And, and I told my daughters when, when my thumb was broken, I said, daddy yelled out a very bad word, but we finished the game. You'd be proud to know we finished the game. And actually I scored again with a broken thumb. I couldn't shoot. It hurt too bad, but I did a finger roll and sco- scored a layup and we won the game. And then I was out for about six weeks as my thumb. What? I'm just kind of curious. What does Tony's reaction, because Doug Burgum, I think, tore his ACL, right, or his Achilles, yeah. uh, right before one of the debates, and we asked him about that. But if you're a staff member who breaks the bone of your boss in a pickup basketball game, <laughs> how nervous do you think Tony was when he realized that he had actually injured you? Yeah, look, he's, he's a really good guy. I will tell you, I, 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 I sort of had my revenge on Tony because I went that night on my podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz, and I just made fun of Tony. I said, dude, look, I'm all for playing hard, but did you have to break my thumb? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's sort of my blowback was to make a little fun on the podcast, but, but he's a great guy and he did, did terrific work. And, and look, you, it actually, you guys need to come play hoops with us. You know, Clay, you're a sports guy. Get it, get out there and, and, and play I would with actually us like and, to play. Buck, you were, you were I, a, I, I love, back I love in the this day, thing right? just because I don't like college football. I've played three sports growing up, uh, competitively. I'm, I'm ready to rock, Senator. We will, here's did, what we'll did you, do. What sports did you play? I was tennis, soccer, and basketball. Ready to go. All right. Well, both of you come on in. And by the way, you, you guys, I'm sorry to tell you. So, so we play, we play old guys against young guys. I'm sorry to tell you, you're both 
thoroughly on the old guy's side. Buck's oh, going to wow. be crushed by this because he that thinks he's harsh. a different generation than me. This is this is a shot to Buck's ego in a big way that he's Man. on the old guy. All team. right, Buck, how, how old are you, Buck? I'm 41, soon to be 42. Okay, so so we play mostly with Capitol Hill staffers. You know what typically the cutoff for young guys is on Capitol Hill with staffers? 30. That's my about, bet. About 26. Ooh. And so Man. so we play with all these young guys who are body guys. A bunch of them were college athletes. Do you and, keep and a lot of like icy hot and bandages guys. for the old guys? Because I, I things start to hurt. You know, my back hurts, my knees. So we could use some help. <laughs> So, look, you will be happy to know the old guys win almost every single game, and, and there's a reason. So, 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 listen, the young guys who are who, they're stronger than we are, they're faster, they have more endurance, they have m- more skill, but they play like horny puppy dogs. They're so excited, they go in a triple team. I got to score, I got to score, I got to score. They go in a triple team, and they screw it up. Old guys, we know we can't do that anymore, so we do things like we set picks. We help on defense. We talk on defense. We pass to the open man. And we play a little bit dirty. If someone's going up for a rebound, you grab their shorts and just pull it down, and suddenly they don't get the rebound. I mean, that's that's old man basketball. That is old man YMCA basketball. What time do you play? By? We will play. We'll come play the next time we do our show from up in D.C. What's the usual game time? So we usually play Thursday afternoon. So I'll have my team connect with you, and we, and we get good games. A number of other senators have played with us. Some House members play with us. And so you guys will come out, and we'll, we'll have some fun. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll do it. Senator Ted Cruz, check out the book Unwoke. It's in stores everywhere. And he's just talking to you about basketball. You know, Buck's talking about getting injured. We're both over 40 now. Maybe everybody out there could use a little bit of extra testosterone, vim, vigor, vitality in your life. You can get hooked up right now with our friends at Chalk. They have an unbelievable offer for you as you come through the holiday season you can get hooked up with their male vitality stack. It's been proven to increase testosterone levels by 20%. It's all natural. You take it for three months, boom, you will feel better than you have in a long time. Again, it's all natural. What do you have to risk? Why not check it out? You can get 35% off any chalk subscription for life by using my name, Clay, in the purchase process. So check out the website. You can go right now, look at it. Maybe you got basketball games coming up. Maybe you're like me running around in the backyard trying to keep up with your kids. Got to beat those kids. I need a few more years to be able to continue to dominate them. They're running up and down the floor. They're passing the ball better. I got to make sure that I have the energy and vitality to continue to rule the Travis household on the gridiron and on the basketball court. Check them out. Do what I did. CHOQ.com. 35% off with my name, Clay, for the life of your subscription. One more time. CHOQ. Dot com. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. 
The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. My thanks to Senator Ted Cruz, although I'm thinking about that basketball game. I do when I run around with my kids in the backyard. Now, Buck, I've never torn my ACL or my Achilles tendon or anything like that. But now that I'm over 40, I definitely think, got to be careful on the jumping. Like, I don't want to severely injure myself. A lot. I got my hammies, my hamstrings, man, they're like a violin string. I gotta, I gotta make sure to loosen those guys up because, you know, we're at the age now too. It used to be you get injured and you're like, oh, I'll be, you know, you could play through it. Yeah. And then you just a week or two, you'd be fine. You pull a muscle now. It's like a six to eight week ordeal. No doubt. And speaking of ordeal, I don't know why roundabouts exist anywhere in the country. We've taken them from Europe and we brought them here, but I've been mentioning that I've got, got my 15 year old and I take him out and I'm training him, teaching him how to drive right now. This past weekend, Buck, we hit a roundabout, uh, in downtown Franklin, the main little town square there. I don't know what I was thinking that taking him on that road. 
he's ridden around the roundabout with me driving before. The panic on his face, Buck, when we got to the roundabout and trying to explain to him how to deal with what inevitably ended up being a completely packed roundabout, it made me forget about how insanely difficult it is to hit a roundabout if you've never been in one before. And there aren't that many. Uh, there's that great scene in Vacation, I think it's European Vacation, where Chevy Chase gets caught and he's like, hey, look, kids, Big Ben. And uh, and as you're driving around, you think to yourself, this is going to be a disaster. Washington Square in D.C., I used to live right off of it. Washington Circle right there. Many people will know what I'm talking about right up uh, in between the George Washington area and uh, and DuPont Circle. Uh, nobody knows how to drive on a roundabout. And trying to teach a kid how to drive on a roundabout is a disaster, too. I think I think I've heard this and this may just be. This may just be socialist propaganda. Yes. But I've heard that roundabouts have lower traffic issues than I, stop signs. I don't believe it. I don't I, believe I it either because I'm terrified. When I was driving in Scotland on the wrong side of the freaking road yes. and going in these roundabouts where people were ripping through them and they were like four lanes deep in the roundabout, I saw my life flashing before my eyes. You've got pedestrians, you've got like four or five different exits. I think they look kind of cool, right? I can see why from an, uh design purposes you can be like, oh, this roundabout in the neighborhood, it's fantastic. Nobody has any idea how to drive on them. Uh, and if there's anything more than one lane, it's a recipe for disaster. I really legitimately thought there's no way we're ever getting off this roundabout without this car being totaled. We made it, but... This is now the scariest thing that I've done in the driving training process is get on a roundabout with a kid trying to learn. Can't even hardly explain with him. Buck, you've got the show solo tomorrow. I've got the Patriot Awards with Fox all day. Keep the ship afloat. I'll see you guys on Friday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.